The Kind of Funny Patreon Pledge Drive Month rolls on, and if you missed it, we put up two episodes from the 300 exclusives on patreon.com slash kindoffunny over the weekend on YouTube. Check them out, and if you like it, toss us $10 on patreon.com slash kindoffunny to get the other 298-plus pieces of content. Welcome back to another kind of funny screencast. This time we're talking about Twisted Metal Season 1 on Peacock. Of course, I am Tim Geddes, and today I'm joined by two very special guests. I'm really excited about this because I have been excited for Twisted Metal for a long time. Uh, we started seeing some clips from it. Wasn't so sure if it was going a direction that I was interested in, uh, but then the show came out and I started watching it, and then I started seeing people on Twitter talk about it, and some of those people included WWE's Kayla Braxton. Hello, Kayla. Hi, how's it going? Really, really good. Excited to have you here today alongside another person that I am a very big fan of. Uh, this is not the first time he's been on this show. He was here just a few weeks ago during GDC showing off his game, El Paso Elsewhere, that's coming September 26, 2023. We, of course, are talking about Zalavir Nelson. Hello. How you doing, man? I'm doing really good. I'm, I'm also reeling from... The fact that this is a very slight derail. So the creators of Twisted Metal 2 in particular went off and made another game in that same genre called Rogue Trip. This Twisted Metal meets Crazy Taxi and the entire soundtrack is ska. Great. And I started playing that last night. And um, I, I like talking to you, Tim. I like talking to you a lot, but I want to do that instead. I, I, I would that. like to go back to Rogue Trip. I, I absolutely, absolutely understand that. And then Kayla, you just kept coming off SummerSlam uh, with WWE. You had to hang out with Greg Miller. I apologize for that. How was, how was that <laughs> oh, for you? I love Greg Miller. <laughs> uh, no, SummerSlam, it was, yeah, fantastic. I feel like WWE always finds a way to like outdo themselves every time we have a different premium live event. So. But I'm tired, but I'm excited to talk about Twisted Metal. <laughs> and that's exactly what we're going to do today here on the Kind of Funny Screencast. Of course, you could watch this show each and every week on YouTube.com slash Kind of Funny or RoosterTeeth.com. You could also get it as a podcast by searching your favorite podcast service for Kind of Funny Screencast, and we'll be right there for you. If you want to go above and beyond, Patreon.com slash Kind of Funny is where you want to go. If you did that, you can get the show ad-free. You get a whole bunch of bonus content, and also you could be a Patreon producer, just like Jedi Master Deadpool, James Hastings, Casey Andrew, Logan Delaney, Nathan Lamoth, and Patrick Delgado have done. We appreciate all of you so very much. Because of your support on Patreon, you will not have to hear the ads for Shady Rays and Liquid IV that everyone else will hear later. But enough about that. Let's talk about Twisted Metal. Here's what I want to do. I want to go around the panel and ask you guys what your history with the franchise is. Then we'll go into a spoiler-free review, and then we'll start talking about spoilers and theories and other things of that sort. Uh, Zalavir, I want to start with you. What is your history with the Twisted Metal franchise? I played the first Twisted Metal. I played the fourth Twisted Metal. Learned also recently, those are not by the same developer. Oh, no. Which explains a lot. <laughs> um... I really appreciate the aesthetic of Twisted Metal and what it could represent, but I also understand it has deeply conflicting, inherent problems that, and also entirely different interpretations of what it means to be a series, kind of like Saints Row, that make it really challenging to develop and also follow the thread of. So I really appreciate the series i've liked what i've played 
and also acknowledge the TV show before I even saw what they were going to do with it. I was like, wow, that sounds like it's going to be a mess. And then I saw the first clips and I was like, that's that's definitely going to be a mess. And then it wasn't. What a miracle. And that's why we're here. Kayla, what about you? Do you have any history with this franchise? No, I absolutely don't at all. But I think I can come from a place for like people who don't have history with the franchise or even video gaming. I like even with like The Last of Us. I love like, you know, the turning the video games into into the TV shows. I personally started watching it because of my boy Samoa Joe, who I'm sure we'll talk about. Uh, so no history uh, with it. But man, I freaking loved it. So Samoa Joe, who plays the, at least the the physical actor of uh, Sweet Tooth in this, he was the reason that you watched this. I, you, there wasn't yeah. any any other reason that you're like, I'm going to give this one a shot. No, I just wanted to support him. And I, yeah, he blew me away. I loved it. I love that. Yeah, it's funny. I feel like I am uh, alone in this in a sense that I am actually a big Twisted Metal fan of the franchise. And I have been since I was a little kid. I played every single uh, iteration of the franchise and including three and four, which were made by different developers, uh, including Small Brawl, which was uh, uh, one essentially they they went they went oh yeah i I did it all uh but on the ps2 era they did twisted metal black that was kind of a much more edgy edgelord dark take on like what would a 13 year old boy's dream video game be and it was essentially that um and small brawl was them kind of backing off being like "Eh, let's still make let's make a kid's game so instead of it being like a, a, a crazy car tournament it was a a rc car uh tournament whereas like the characters were like just playing with little remote control cars and it was a little more kid focused um and then as the franchise went on on ps3 and it it died there like we haven't had an iteration since but i've played all of them um being a little kid me and kevin would rent uh the games like every weekend and blowing up the eiffel tower and twisted metal 2 like we were all in and having said that no matter how in i was I couldn't tell you much, right? Like the, the, the characters don't stand out. Some of the stories I can remember like weird beats and stuff, but it's not like I was looking forward to this show in a way of like, if they mess this up, that they, they are ruining my childhood. It's like, no, they're making a twisted metal show. I kind of knew going in, there's a couple things that they got to get right. Otherwise just have fun with it and kind of like, make the show worth bringing people in unlike something like last of us where there's expectations we we needed that to be as good as the game because we knew what the game had to offer there's a lot of anger off of that one people are getting mad (laughs) you know there's there's a lot every which way about that but i feel like with twisted metal it's kind of met by the majority of people with like an eye roll of like, why are they even doing this? So I feel like in a lot of ways that works against them because there's not an inherent audience of twisted metal fans that they can tap into that are at all topical. Um, but I think that also serves as a great place for people like y'all that can just watch the show and be like, you know what? I kind I kind of like that. So let, let's get into our thoughts on it. Kayla, I want to start with you. What did you think of the show? Well, I, I went in, I, I downloaded it for like a plane ride because I'm on an airplane 24 hours a day, it feels like. Uh, I didn't really know if I was going to like watch the entire series. Again, I just wanted to get in, see Samoa Joe, see what this was about. Um, and every episode is only like 30 minutes. And what is there, like 10 episodes? It's, it's all bite size. I binged it in a day. Like I was hooked. I had to find out what happened. They were so good at like ending every episode with this cliffhanger where I wasn't going to be able to fall asleep if I didn't know how it picked up in the next episode. And I feel that way now, you know, that's not a spoiler. I need season two to happen now. Um, 
But yeah, I, I again absolutely loved it. I thought it was really cool how they were able to play with, I think, all of my emotions. There's a certain episode that I actually maybe shed a tear. And so from Twisted laughing, Metal, y'all. <laughs> I mean, I know, but from someone who's not a, like a, you know, an avid video gamer, it was very clear. It was, they did a very good job of like, I, I could see the video game aspects in it. And I was picking like, even like with a lot of dialogue, things they were saying, I was hearing like, okay, I can hear this in a video. So I loved it. Zalavir. I had very low expectations going in, but I saw, I think, one tweet or zeet now, if we want to use one of those words, <laughs> uh, that where someone was saying that it was really good. It was actually really good. I had a peacock trial. I figured I might as well try it. And much like Kayla, I ended up burning through most of it in a day or, or, or two at most because I had to see what happened next. The characters drew me in. It's treatment of Sweet Tooth as well as it's building out of an original universe to contextualize and give meaning to all of these things that I was familiar with from the games but didn't have deep attachment to. I was stunned and it made me, again, seek out history of Twisted Metal. Go out. I'm going to go play Twisted Metal Black later. And I'm in playing Rogue Trip, which very few people know about or remember, but you should because it's great and the ska soundtrack is amazing. <laughs> and all of that emerges from this series being good enough to draw me retroactively to care about all of these previously <laughs> confusing, muddled elements from the games. Yeah, I'm right there with you. Going into this, I was like hopeful that it would be fun enough. And I think it, it succeeded in exceeding that. I am very surprised that on the kind of funny scale of one to five, I feel like I'm between a three and a four. But at the end of the day, because of the season finale, I'm going to go on with a four out of five on this one. Like I had a really great time. I think that it all comes together in a way that it ended. And I'm like, I need season two now. Like I am mm -hmm. very, very excited for a season two. And I'm shocked by that. I thought that this would be a one and done at best but i feel like they just did a really good job of giving us characters that i was interested in there wasn't a single side story that i was like oh i wish we'd move on from this mm -hmm. it all kind of felt like they did a great job of playing with the tropes you expect of a post-apocalyptic show where you're always going to get the like um the flashback episodes of like okay but how'd this character get here and every time they did it in this it added something that i'm like wow the thing that I didn't really love a couple episodes ago now makes a lot of sense for this character. And now I understand where we're building to it. And I think that as a, a big twisted metal fan, understanding that I am a fan of something that I played when I was five years old uh, and like really played the most from five to like 13, like they didn't even know what they were doing back then. Like the inconsistencies of stories and characters and what games add up. And like, they just were like, let's just have fun. It wasn't so much a like, we need to think about character motivations or any of that stuff. So What's I the IP Bible? Exactly. There wasn't any of that, right? But I feel like because of that, every five seconds, there was something in this that felt familiar, even if I didn't explicitly know that it was. We'd see a car. We'd hear a name. We'd see a location. And I'm like, I don't explicitly remember that this is a reference to the games but it feels like it is and the amount of times i'm like oh yeah that car that that character this whatever or they'd start setting something up and i'm like oh i see where they're going with this and then they deliver on it like it just felt so satisfying that like i think that this show did as good of a job adapting twisted metal to a show as last of us did adapting last of us to a show and like that's pretty wild to me 
especially with a series that did not have the same attachment or expectations or base material to work off of. Yeah. And I, I think that it, you know, it's not a perfect show. I'm not comparing it to Last of Us in terms of like quality, but I'll for, compare it to Last of Us. Yeah. I liked it more than Last of Us. Did, I'll say it. Did you really? Uh-huh. I like it more than Last of Us. I think Last of Us is a great story with a, again, a very, it has introduced an entire generation of people to believe in that games are art. Like that is a thing that La- the Last of Us has done for the games conversation. But Twisted Metal, Twisted Metal brings meaning out of comedy, out of something that could have been meaningless. Twisted Metal is as good or better of an adaptation and has me more excited for a season two than the last of us does that surprises me but i'm, I'm first I'm, on the screencast i, I love it <laughs> hey that's 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 a cool perspective to have for sure on this and i think that in terms of the comedy there's definitely a lot of it in the show i don't know that all of it hits but and i feel like the first three episodes of this show are kind of jarring because you jump into it and it's like what is this world? What are we really getting into? But I feel like once you kind of understand the rules it's playing by and like just kind of lean into what they're giving you, they really start to deliver. And I feel like the comedy starts to make a lot more sense within the world that they're in. And it starts feeling simultaneously funnier, but then also the the humor comes from a place of like, yo, they're in a really bad situation here and they're just trying to make the most of it in a lot of ways. But let's move over to the spoiler side of things, all right? Uh, but before we do that, real quick, I want to take a word from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Shady Rays. Take on the sun with gear built to last. Our friends at Shady Rays have you covered for the warm weather ahead with premium polarized shades at an affordable price. Durable frames and extremely clear optics for outdoor adventures just like Mike likes them. Shady Rays offers the most insane protection in all of eyewear. Every pair of sunglasses is backed by lost and broken replacements. If you lose or break your pair, even on day one, they told us they will send you a brand new pair. No questions asked and every purchase supports the shady rays impact program which works directly with nonprofits and their communities to empower and make adventure accessible for all walks of life from childhood cancer patients to young adults with serious health conditions exclusively for y'all listening right now shady rays is giving out their best deal of the season go to shadyrays.com and use code kind of funny for 50 percent off two plus pairs of polarized sunglasses try for yourself the shades rated five stars by over 250,000 people Again, that's ShadyRays.com. Use code KINDA FUNNY. This episode is brought to you by Liquid IV. Y'all know how much I love to stay hydrated, and Liquid IV makes it easier and better than ever to ensure that I'm always living my best, most hydrated life. And you can too. Liquid IV, the number one powered hydration brand in America, is now available in sugar-free with three times the electrolytes of the leading sports drink, plus eight vitamins and nutrients for everyday wellness. Liquid IV hydrates two times faster than water alone, and you can keep your daily routine exciting with three new flavors white peach green grape and lemon lime let me tell you the white peach is good it's real good we hear it kind of funny swear by this stuff one stick of liquid iv in 16 ounces of water hydrates you two times faster and more efficiently than water alone real people real flavor real hydrating now sugar-free grab your liquid iv hydration multiplayer sugar-free in bulk nationwide at costco or get 20 percent off when you go to liquidiv.com and use code kind of funny at checkout that's 20 percent off anything you order when you use promo code kind of funny at liquidiv.com all right we're going full spoilers kayla where do you want to go first 
I mean, I don't know. What, what, what do you want? I feel like we got to talk about the end. What, what, what'd you guys think of the last episode in particular? I, uh, after Kayla. No, go, go ahead. Uh, so I need to see the return of Mr. Slam, first of all. Uh, <laughs> this is the character we most care about uh, and his fate and how he's going to play into the proceedings. So Mr. Uh, Mr. And, Slam, um, for people that, that didn't watch the show, is the, the character with the, the very large penis that he uses to slam and uh, shatter a watermelon. Uh, but in the games, Mr. Slam is a character that uh, enters the tournament in a tractor with like the big thing and like his special oh, really? is like slamming down. Oh, that's an interesting little twist that I, I mean, I didn't know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I guess they couldn't be putting a guy with a big penis in the video game like that, right? <laughs> I mean, they have. <laughs> Baldur's Gate, baby. <laughs> Yeah, uh, what else do you think of the finale? I really, really hope there's a season two because I care about all these characters and they unveil how it's all connected. We see the dissatisfaction that our driver has with a mundane life. And we usually do get that in other stories. We've seen that trope before of, ah, they had a life of danger and the, the cozy life isn't for them. But realizing specifically why the cozy life isn't for him, what he isn't connecting to, again, the tropes that it brings out and then says, we're going to make it feel like something meaningful within our world. I, I think that was really powerful. And yeah, we're going to get Calypso and more things with Agent Stone and all these people have been manipulated all along to be a part of a much larger structure if we get a season two. I hope to God we get a season two. I think I think there's a reason to. Well, let me, earlier I mentioned like the episode that made me cry. Yeah. And the moment that made me cry, I was like, like, why am I crying at a car? Evelyn oh. was such an important part of this entire series and especially like, because I was getting really mad at, at uh, John, you know, when he was kind of choosing, you know, at a certain point, like, why are you choosing the car? And I love that we got the backstory of why mm -hmm. that car was so important, how that car was like basically humanized in his life and in his story and saving him. So when it was, and then when Evelyn, like the moment with the door overhand, I'm like, oh, it's like her, Evelyn's arm, it was shielding. I just like started bawling my eyes out. Oh, my car. Oh, my car. Only this show can make me cry over a car. Like, I didn't cry when their humans were dying. And then, um, <laughs> and then of course, we got introduced like his, his, his new baby, Roadkill. Roadkill, which is yeah. another. In what, the, is that from the game? Yeah, from the game. So the John Doe character that Anthony Mackie yeah. plays in this. Um, bit of a different backstory in the games. But yeah, in Twisted Metal Black, he drives the Roadkill car. That is kind of like a car that's just made up of a bunch of scrap parts, yeah. which is what we see here. But, and yeah, and, ro and roadkill in particular and seeing like how John grows as a person from I'm being taken care of by this one car by my mom to I'm having meaningful communication with my partner to build a new life and this car that we share together. So good. So good. And I know. Then, I'm and like getting quiet. goosebumps now. So like, it's so beautiful. <laughs> yeah. And like, I feel like quiet story kind of perfectly weaving within that and becoming yeah. this partner could have been really corny and like poorly done. But I feel like there's something about it of like the introduction of her and her brother. So quiet and loud. It's like, all right, this is a trope. We've seen this before. Mm -hmm. I love that they immediately shatter it though. And they're just like, no, 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 no. She talks a lot. Like she has so much personality and yep. seeing her and John, the moment that they get to the ball pit and Jaquan's tipsy starts playing and they have yep. multiple sex scenes. I'm like, how are we here? And how is this good? How is this working? But it is. I know. It, yeah, it all worked. 
the hellscape of the Orange County. How did you, Kayla, feel about like when they revealed the backstory of what Quiet came from and the hellish, waspy compound they lived in? Uh, that that was like that that like took out like a different emotion. Like I just I was just so sad, like just kind of watching that because that was also something that just felt so potentially realistic in like this messed up world that we currently live in. Um, but I did love just seeing how like she and Lao just their like their backstory and just their constant like dedication, you know, to one another. Because in that first scene where we saw, like, you know, I, we weren't sure how their their dynamic was, their love was, and then when he pops back up in her psyche and he's like being annoying in the back of her car, I'm like, well, did she really love him? And then yes, like, oh my god, they loved each other more than absolutely anything. And I'm really glad that we got to see so much more of him, even though he was not alive. Yeah. Mm. The, yeah. the ears around the neck. Ugh. Oh, yeah, and that's the other thing too. Is the show is just brutal. Like, oh, they did not. Yeah, blood and sex and gore and big penises. This is what this show is about, guys. Oh <laughs> yes, and they they went full tilt in that. But then also, like, I love the all the references to the games and how accurate they were to so many of the the elements, like the missiles that would shoot out with like the pink smoke behind them. Like those are in the game are homing missiles. And like, there's a point at one, I think in the first episode where he's driving and then he like does the invincibility cheat and he's like, Oh, L one, R one up, whatever. And it's like, that is the God mode cheat in twisted metal one. So it's like, they, they had a lot of those type of on the nose references, but I feel like it felt like it was fair to be done that way in this world, because we talk a lot about the last of us where it's interesting to think about, Ellie growing up in a world, this post-apocalyptic world, what does it mean to be a kid that never mm -hmm. knew the prior life, right? And yep. I feel like this show does a good job of dropping us in and being like, yo, bad shit happened in the early 2000s. So everything's stuck in the late 90s, early 2000s. So all the music references are gonna be time capsuled there. There's gonna be radio shacks. There's gonna be like all these things that a lot of people that are growing up in this new world have never even seen before. But having the John Doe character kind of be this adult that's also a kid because he had the accident that he had that we find out later, mm -hmm. I think really did a, uh, a service to the show for allowing us to kind of question the whole time, like, why are things the way they are? How are they? And that allows things like the, the OC situation to be as dark and scary as it is because we are talking about a post-apocalyptic world where there is a new rule. There's these milkmen that have to deliver between these like abandoned towns that have created like new rulers. And we see it a lot in like Walking Dead with like the different compounds, but adding car combat to be everything in between the different compounds, I think it's just the coolest idea ever. Yeah. And even like with all Nev Campbell, which love, love her going from victim to freaking villain mm -hmm. uh, in this. Uh, but I think that was one of the moments and the, and early on when she brought him inside and like pretended to have like this whole like family and showed him a baby and when she was like you've never seen a baby before have you john he's like no that was when my i was like wait why yeah. so and then, yeah it made sense when you realize he didn't and when he was looking at that picture of himself and he's like who was that kid or whatever um but i did like how it made you stick around because you had to find out why in the world was this guy not conscious of all of this stuff that that had happened yeah, one thing about Nev Campbell's character, um, so she's Raven, who in the games, uh, Raven has a best friend named Kelly, uh, who some bullies end up bullying too hard and accidentally killing. And so her storyline is, so the overall storyline of Twisted Metal is there's this guy named Calypso that runs a tournament, and if you win the tournament, you get one wish, and it's whatever you want in the world, and, you, and that wish comes true. So Raven's wish that she wants is to be able to bring her friend Kelly back from the dead. Uh, because bullies killed her. 
And in this, there's in the little in New San Francisco where uh, Raven Nev Campbell's running, there's a bar called Kelly's. And in the final episode, we see her with this voodoo doll. And in the game, that's what the voodoo doll is what Calypso. I wish I'd known all of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. well, that's what I'm here for. So, yeah, like the reason that she is trying to uh, recruit Anthony Mackie is to find somebody to compete in this tournament that is directly hinted at at the end of the season. Well, I loved the final episode because we got a hint at what an actual Twisted Metal tournament would be like with all the cars kind of fighting mm-hmm. on that, the big um, arena and um, all the different moves being used and like the, the, the death of stone and all of that. But then we end it with actually Calypso being like, we're setting up this tournament. We get teased at a couple characters coming. Um, and we see Nev Campbell's Raven be like, yes, like I am trying to make Anthony Mackie win this for me so I can get my wish. So they're mm-hmm. doing a really good job of like setting up the plot of the actual games that we would come to expect. And this, this season was kind of backstory to all of that. Okay. Can we talk about but- how good Samoa Joe was? Yes, please. Even even the fact we weren't using his voice, you know, like the, I feel like that's got to be even more difficult as, as an actor to somehow be able to be this character and not be able to use your vocals. Holy cow. He was so good. Like we all, I think had this heart strings pulled towards sweet tooth, even though he was tearing everybody up apart. <laughs> yeah. It, it In is... the middle of him tearing people apart, being like, Oh, Sweet tooth, heck yeah. I don't, for me, yo. I don't know what it says about the tone of this show that they literally show him kill a dog and it's played off in a way that's supposed to be endearing to him and somehow is. It's we some twisted mad. shit, man. Yeah, that's a good point. I, I always get furious when you kill a dog. Of course. And you're right. I did not think again about it. Because they, they set that, him up like he, <laughs> Billy's an asshole. Billy's coming in here and taking, taking all Sweet Tooth shine, man. But yeah, it's, it's Samoa Joe did such a great job, I think, with the physicality of it, with Will Arnett's voice, which I, I don't have a problem with Will Arnett at all, but I feel like it was a bad call to have 80-yard voice over Sweet Tooth because it just fell off. It didn't work for me. But I feel like Samoa Joe did such a great job with acting out what's being said that I still believed the voice was coming from him, Damn. which is hard yeah. to – because sometimes you see people with masks and they're kind of just like – moving around and a voice is happening. He used his hands and his body in, in such a way that like, yep. I believed what he was saying. And, and you can see his experience in the ring with that, with like his eyes, everything was a tool as, as I'm sure Kayla is about to reinforce. <laughs> oh no, 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 you're right. I'm oh, sorry. My computer was being weird. Um, and it was, is it Stu? His, his, his buddy it? Stu. And yeah, so <sighs> Stu and Mike, uh, so those those two guys, they're also characters in the okay. game. They drive a big monster truck that we didn't get to in this, but um, yeah, Stu was great. And I love him kind of being the moral compass of the show in a lot of ways, where it's like he kind of like jumps from side to side, but is always just trying to survive and trying to get it right. And I feel like exactly. he did a good job with that. He did. I know that's that I thought I was I'm glad it wasn't the last year we're gonna see of Stu when they uh, left it out early on the show. I was like, we have to have more of him. So I'm glad we did. Yeah. <clears throat> what do you other... think, Kayla, when, uh, when Sweet Tooth made sure he got his best friend back? Oh, so Sweet Tooth's best friend is this, the, the little, uh, the paper bag, right? And in had second big, best friend, sorry. Had a big role, had a big, well, had a big role in the show. Yeah, the uh, the paper bag thing uh, is a, a reference to the original Twisted Metal game, actually, where, so, 
Twisted Metal 1 and 2 were on the original PlayStation, and they were very kind of like 90s cartoon vibe. And then Twisted Metal Black on PlayStation 2 was like, let's make this mature, super dark. It takes place in an asylum. Like, it's very, very, very edgy. And since then, Twisted Metal's kind of been that way. And this show, I think, did a good job of like meeting in the middle a little bit where it's like dark, but it's never like try hard edgy. And if it is, it's done as a joke. And it is very cartoony at the same time. But in uh, Twisted Metal 1, Sweet Tooth's wish was to be with his best friend, which was this paper bag. And at the end of it, he gets this paper bag, and it's stupid and ridiculous and very cartoony. So I love that they brought that into this, and I did not expect that at all. Okay. <laughs> Getting all this backstory is really, I'm going to watch it all over again now that I have all this other information. <laughs> Loved him. Um, love Granny. Uh, that's how I want to go. I'm going to go ahead and put that out there. When it's my time, put me in a car, put, you know, roll me out of a 18 wheeler and blow me up. That was epic. <laughs> it was epic. And also another moment that was like weirdly heartfelt. Like it was, it was so <laughs> weird. Like the fact that they showed these like giant trucks that would drive next to each other and people could jump from truck to truck. And it, there's almost like cities within the trucks that all have different functions. I'm like, this is really cool, man. The people that made the show cared about making this make as much sense as possible and not just being like a bunch of references. They're there mm-hmm. too, but I feel like it all came back to like a heart of caring so that, yeah, when Granny dies that way, you're like, oh man, yeah. I feel for the people around her that I feel this loss. <laughs> you're right. Maybe you like realize like, because in a, a world like that, you wouldn't think that there would be like a lot of love and affection and like even with uh quiet getting a like a free finger you know that was like a really sweet little moment like wow that she's like i don't i can't pay you it wasn't that kind of you know uh love them yeah they're nice people i feel like i roll with on a daily basis (laughs) (laughs) uh and then yeah i love that they didn't fridge the uh sorry i was just gonna say one last thing about love the they they did they didn't fridge the queer couple i was so afraid that would happen Love that. Love, gosh, I love our botanist. She was Amber. Is yeah. that was her name? Yes. Yes, I freaking loved that. Their storyline like just made me so happy. Yeah, so she she's a character from the games too, uh, named Flower Power, um, and she's just like a political activist that's trying to stop the tournament from happening because it's ruining nature. Oh. Um, <laughs> and her car is like a, a, a '60s Volkswagen Beetle. Uh, which we see, she we do, she doesn't drive it in this uh, season, but like we do see it at her her little house. Um, but that I just the, I love that stuff. Like every single character, yeah, every named that. character in the show is from one of the games. And like even if they didn't have all too much, to, literally like all of them. Like it's or at least they're like a take on some version of the games because every game the cars are the characters more than the drivers are. So it'd be like the the car would be outlaw. But then Agent Stone in one game drove it. Agent whatever drove it. Agent Jack in the next game. Agent Mark in the next game. Like the car is what matters more because the people keep dying. Um, unless you're supernatural like Sweet Tooth who would keep coming back. Um, so that's why like, all these characters we meet at the different compounds are references to different iterations throughout the games, which I think is cool because uh, to your point about Twisted Metal 3 and 4 not being from the same developers, they didn't care. Like, there's so much 3 and 4 reference. Like, Granny is a character that's only in Twisted Metal 3, I want to say. So it's like, they showed equal love across the entire franchise, which I think was a wise call because nobody really gives a shit that much. So it's like, let's just kind of start off and make a new lore, new canon that people can jump on. And I think that, uh, you know, you were saying that this got you, you want to play Twisted Metal Black. I feel like this is like the perfect show to be get people interested for when a new Twisted Metal game does inevitably come mm-hmm. out, people are going to be excited for it. 
Hell yeah. Yeah. So I'm, I'm still on metal game set in this world. Like pl- even just playing as a milkman, right? Like it's it's built to be turned into a back into a game again. The mm-hmm. great t- the great snake eats itself. Yep. No, you're you're so right. in VR or the, is that what those are? Is That'd this like wild. a I don't no, know that we no, need VR Twisted Metal. That'd be bad. That'd be all bad. <laughs> I want it! <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. Uh, so I, I loved, again, the last episode, having the big action scene, I thought uh, was so great. Um, they did a really good job of showing off all the characters, and I feel like the characters that died made sense, the characters that didn't made sense as well. But the big tease at the end of Calypso with the tournament, we get a couple pictures of characters we've already seen in the show, um, like Twister, the F1 racer, which was awesome. Uh, but we see a couple pictures of characters that weren't in this season um, that are kind of like the biggest core characters that aren't Sweet Tooth in the franchise. One of them being Mr. Grimm, who's a motorcycle rider with like a skeleton face. Like we see a, a, the motorcycle helmet and it had like a skeleton paint on it. We just see one picture of it. And then we see a picture of this guy, Axel, who's literally just a human who holds giant wheels. And I don't know how they're going to translate this to live action, but the fact that they're committing, they're like, we're doing it. I'm like, I respect the hell out of that. And I feel like that's the type of shit where I'm like, all right, cool. Season two has to happen because we yeah. need to see that. Oh, that's going to be so cool. Um, I'm trying to think of, oh, Dollface was another big uh, kind of reveal towards the end that uh, John has a sister who has this whole gang of people with the, the doll face stuff. Did you guys think that was cool? Yes, I that that yeah, 100%. That's going to open up a whole other realm. Yeah. And that's it, it, So go ahead. I was going to say it just it's just going to produce the scariest cosplays. Oh yeah, absolutely. Doll face is my Halloween co- creepy. Like I've already I, that literally doll face I was like I've okay, putting this on my list of Halloween costumes. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah, yeah, this is Axel. <laughs> oh wow. So yeah, he just he's just a dude, just a, a shirtless dude with holding on to some wheels. So uh, how are they going to translate that to live action? I do not know. Um, I'm trying to think. I've made a bunch of notes of just like other references I wanted to call out. Um, the RC call cars. I was saying Twist Metal Small Brawl. We actually see in one of the flashbacks, there's kids when Agent Stone is like a mall cop and he's like d- talking to the, the, trying to stop kids from like being nuisances. They're actually playing with the remote control cars and like being menaces, uh, which I thought was a uh, super fun. And then there's also a reference at some point when they're building roadkill. Um, she's like, we got to care about the stats. We got to care about how are we balancing the, the weapons, armor, speed, and handling. And like, those are the four stats that every car has in, in the game. And I just, I love how they applied the game logic to this world. And it, it worked so well. I'm just, I'm very impressed with the writing of this man. Like they, <laughs> they made something that should have been incredibly corny, the right type of corny. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I don't want to take your guys' time up too much. Do you have any final thoughts on Twisted Metal, Kayla? Um, from someone who is not a gamer, doesn't know any backstory, if you're watching this, you're not sure, I, I promise you, you will not be disappointed. And it will only open up your like brain to want to maybe dive into a, a, li- a little video gaming. So I give it two thumbs up. Absolutely loved it. And I need a season two yesterday. <laughs> Zalabir, what about you? Same here. I want to watch season two of this. I want to play a game set in this world that brings really what Twisted Metal is all the way together. I'm I'm in. I'm 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 all in on Twisted Metal. I'm right there with you. I really hope the game is as good as this. Uh, I think it can be, and I love your idea of 
playing as a milkman, doing the deliveries and stuff. That is VR. very, very <laughs> VR. Still a little, a little shaky on, but maybe for Kayla, let's get a VR mode there. Uh, anyway, you can get your own homemade VR mode of uh, Twisted Metal by putting a, a car crash on a VR headset. And then doing the exact same thing that Sweet Tooth does in one of the last episodes and spraying a little bit of lighter fluid on there. Would not recommend that. Be, not recommend that. Uh, kind Zalabir, of funny approved, become Sweet Tooth. <laughs> Zalabir, where can people find you and where can people get your game? Uh, at Strange Scaffold on Twitter, also known as X, uh, on TikTok, on Instagram. Uh, I'm at Rit Nelson on those platforms as well, W-R-I-T Nelson. And you can find our games on Xbox. Nintendo Switch and PC. Hell yeah, Kayla. Where can people find you? Kayla Braxton, WWE everywhere. So anywhere the rasters are, I'll be close behind. <laughs> yeah, love to see it. Thank you guys for joining me for this. Let us know in the comments below what you thought about Twisted Metal or if we sold you on checking it out. I think a lot of you guys will like it. Uh, but until next time, I love you all. Goodbye. <laughs>